In the vibrant realm of podcasting, where true crime, the New York Times, Joe Rogan, and Barstool Sports reign supreme, our team at the Startup Smoothie will always be dedicated to maintaining a show where customer experience and startup operations are analyzed and scrutinized with the intensity of a thousand spotlights. But in life, sometimes, there come moments of delightful deviations. Welcome to Spoiler Alert, a new recurring segment where we assess the latest films and TV shows that bear a striking resemblance to the wild world of startups, all with the delightful expertise of our guest host, Jason McDonald. Although it may seem like an unexpected twist, rest assured that even in this cinematic detour, the wisdom of business still prevails. How much did we make today? Five million. How much did we lose today? A billion. You got rich dudes pissing in their pants right now. So we are reviewing the recently released movie Dumb Money. Jason and I both watched it. Jason actually had the idea for this format that we will be doing, had the idea to rate it out of smoothies on a scale of one to 10 of smoothies. Jason, what was your rating of smoothies? How many smoothies did you give it? I gave it five and a half. Oh, you know what we should do? We should do apples. Is this my favorite apples. kind of smoothie? And apples. How many apples? Oh, cool. No. <laughs> how many apple smoothies or how many apples? <laughs> How many apples were in the smoothie? No, I'm kidding. Um, wait, how many? How, what did you give? What was your rating out of 10? Out of 10, I gave five and a half. Five and a half. Five and a half yeah. apples. It gets half an apple because of Paul Dano. I'm super fan of Paul Dano. Otherwise, it would just be a five. I felt informed rather than entertained points. Yes. It, didn't you feel like you were watching a documentary or something? It yeah. didn't feel like a film. I wanted the like big short. And it felt like everything was a meme. The way they portrayed the guys at Robin Hood. I'm not even a fan of Vlad, but I feel like that was really unfair. Oh, no, I didn't think that at all. I, I, oh, really? I thought they were quite slimy. The idea for Robin Hood really came out of the Occupy Wall Street movement. All those people with no way of getting in. Is that what Occupy was about? I mean, were they trying to get in or... I mean, they were slimy, but it was almost jokey slimy. Like, they were an, an SNL character, whereas, like, if we're comparing it to The Big Short, which I've already compared it to The Big Short, when they were... Have you seen The Big Short, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know that scene, I forget his name, but he's in New Girl, and he's a mortgage broker, and he's kind of mm. like, he's the slimy mortgage broker, and Steve Carell is like, why are they confessing? And he's like, they're not confessing, they're bragging. And, <laughs> yeah. like... It was just, I don't know, it was so well done, but it was realistic. Like, that's how uh, my brother is in the mortgage industry, my dad. That's how they hacked mortgage brokers. So everything felt like a parody. For me, like, the best thing in the movie was Pete Davidson. And I'm not even, like, a huge Pete Davidson mm -hmm. girl, but I thought his character was so funny. Oh, but, it was just Pete Davidson playing Pete Davidson, was it not? <laughs> I, I know, but I also think Pete Davidson plays a character of himself. Like his real life celebrity character is a character. Do you feel that way? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I can totally get that. He's a caricature of himself. There was a good interview with Seth Rogen. I think it was in a Jimmy Kimmel show and they brought Pete Davidson. Seth Rogen was saying, that's it, I'm old now. If you need that stoner character, it's Pete Davidson over there taking all my roles. <laughs> yeah, 
I think he's an interesting character. But anyways, not to make this all about Pete Davidson, but I thought it didn't feel so much like a parody. It felt like a nice break from my annoyance of some parts. So for the record, I think I'm probably giving this like a three because three, maybe three and a half. I didn't like it. There was one part in the movie I was waiting for them to get to and they just never got to it. And I feel like it was a huge, huge part of this whole fiasco. And it was really what took things to the next level was the Elon Musk tweet when he Mm. tweeted about GameStop and I was waiting because I remember they were at Christmas and then I think it was like the first or second week of January that Elon sent that tweet out and I was waiting for that part in the movie and then when they started showing the stock at around $300, $400 I was like oh they are just totally gonna skip over Elon's role in this because Elon's role in Tesla stock and all his for lack of a better word fanboys really contributed (laughs) to the the rise of the stock and I think that that was so fascinating and I think it's weird they left it out because they name dropped so much they weren't scared to name any names in this movie and then they didn't put in the Elon part and they actually had Elon in other parts of the movie but they never talked about his role in it like Elon's tweet is what put it on the radar for me I wish I could say I was on Wall Street Bets before it but (laughs) I didn't find out about this whole Wall Street Bets GameStop stock situation until Elon had tweeted about it I don't remember when I first heard about all the GameStop stuff. Clearly far too late, or I'd like to say I'd be sitting on some cash. But yeah, I don't remember when it was. It probably was when it hit the news after Elon. I say the news, such a millennial thing to say. When it hit my social media was probably when Elon made it a big deal. Did you ever buy any GameStop, Doc? No, did you? Yeah, I did. I did. I actually, I bought some and I had made some money off of it. And I was in it when Robinhood shut down the buying portion. So I remember being very involved in that. I remember talking about it in my one-on-one with my boss and walking her through (laughs) everything that was going on at the time and filling her in on (laughs) the situation and watching CNBC and yeah, just kind of being like, how is this possible? This is so rigged like Dave Portnoy he played a big role in the film and I'm not sure what was refilmed or what was just inserted I think like Dave Portnoy might have he seems like the type of person to participate in a film like this so the movie Dumb Money. Yes. I was in it, but I didn't audition. This is not fair. I was on like CNBC or whatever. So what they did is they took the actual interview and put the character who played Vlad like over. So it was the real interview, but instead of me talking to Vlad, I was speaking to the character who played Vlad. No one asked me. That's bugged out. I, I got invited to like a premiere. They're like, you're in it. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm in it. I did see a clip of the director talking about, because it all really happened, it's probably why you feel like the big short, it just feels like more of a movie. This dumb money felt like almost like a documentary. And it sounds like that was deliberate. Like they actually used the clips from the people speaking in Congress, the newscaster clips. And it sounds like it didn't get anybody to re-record those roles as even as themselves. Like you said earlier, was probably one of my issues with it. Is it was too documentary style to be yeah. an enjoyable movie. And it's hard not to compare it to the big short because of what the subject matter is. But Right. Well, yeah, it's I mean, we're talking about greed, we're talking about 
little man, big man, like just, but they just felt too memified for me. I'm probably just projecting too much and I wanted it to be exactly what my experience was, but like, yeah, there, it, there was some insufferable moments of people online, but it wasn't nonstop like that. Like I doubt America Ferreira's character was like diamond hands. Like, I don't know, maybe she was, but who was your favorite character in the film that was uh, Diamond Hands, I guess? Because everybody in the film, they, they follow four or five different people who are buying GameStop. Uh, I don't think I was a fan of anybody, apart from Paul really? Dano playing uh, Keith Gill. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't... You weren't rooting uh, for any of the average Joes who were trying to make it out of debt? <laughs> Never felt like I got into into any of the characters. Probably because this only happened a couple of years ago. They wrote a book about it and then made a movie very quickly. So it was like what you just said. Some producer or the, the writing staff or whatever it is have pulled things from Reddit and said, oh, this person's story is cool. We'll just chuck that in and that'll be filler segments to, to show the average Joe. I just didn't really get excited about anybody else. That's part of the problem with the movie, though. Yeah, there were just so many cheesy parts. The only yeah. parts that weren't incredibly cheesy to me, again, were the, the Pete Davidson one. But even there's the two college girls mm. and the ones telling the story about how her dad was an executive at the grocery store and lost his pension. And she's just like, <sighs> fuck these guys. And it's just like, I don't know. Maybe I don't have a heart, but like, I, yeah. I just like, I didn't buy into their motivations. None of it felt like it was like in reality of the situation. Yeah. I think for everyone who was buying GameStop, it definitely was about the money. I think some people held longer for other motives, but I don't think anybody went into GameStop. Oh, I want to lose money on this. I'm willing to die. I'm willing to be a martyr here. It felt like they were trying to give off that impression that these average shows were willing to lose all their yeah. money, diamond hands. And it's just like... Uh, I don't think they did a good job grounding the movie in reality of what actually was going on. I don't know if they even understood it. It's just... Oh, but would, would that not be boring, making it grounded in reality? Would that not make it even more boring than it already was? <laughs> no, I think they could have done it. I think they could have taken more time to really write a script that wasn't so memefied and... You know the parts that were memefied and were grounded in reality was like his cat shirt and where he'd get ready for his like broadcast <laughs> and like that stuff was ridiculous. But I'm sure that's exactly what his day was like. He'd come home from Mass Mutual where he worked and then would get in this ridiculous outfit and go live and that stuff was cool. I don't know. So do you know how? Do you have a Robin Hood account? Can you have a Robin Hood account in the UK? Is it, is I don't know. I don't think I do. Oh, well, no, I definitely don't have one, but I don't think you can get one. There's different apps over here, probably yeah. to do with regulations and things like that. It'll be easier for another company yeah. in the UK to take care of it. So, yeah, no, yeah. I never got into the Robin Hood thing. That, maybe that yeah. helped as well. Far helped. Hindered me not making millions on GameStop. Robin Hood, maybe not in the UK. I I still have GameStop stock, too, I, because I have not... Did I, you Robin hold? Are you still holding? <laughs> I sold, I sold most, but um, I'm still holding some. I'm still holding Dogecoin. <laughs> I didn't like, I don't know. Uh, very a very little amount. I don't have the Robinhood app on my phone. I had no involvement in the stock market until the pandemic happened. And then I came back home to Arizona and my oldest brother was like getting really big into penny stocks and like it's basically gambling though. And he told me to download Robinhood. He's like, you just get Robinhood. Blah, blah, blah. This happened. And I got into it during the pandemic when I came home. But uh, 
Um, and then, yeah, total boycott after that shit <laughs> happened. That's, it's crazy. So they, they say that they're they're for the little guy. And all along, they've got these multi-billion dollar investors behind them convincing yeah. them to turn it off to turn off the buying function there was never a an angle of being for the little guy at all it was it was just purely to make profit for these investors i yeah do you not I agree mean, but, i don't know no i i agree i don't know what happened they say that they halted the buying because of the deposit requirements I mean, I don't know if we're following what happened in the movie. He basically was given an ultimatum and he couldn't make the deposit requirements. So he had to halt the selling. Why that was even why those things were associated, like the deposit requirements and the, the ability to buy. Well, he didn't halt the selling. He he halted the buying. He, uh, they, Robin Hood, halted the buying. Why that was associated with the deposit requirements, I don't know. But... Sounds suspiciously fishy to me. <laughs> <laughs> big money looking after big money. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... But I guess that's the whole thing. I guess my biggest issue with the movie is I didn't learn anything new. I kind of just was reliving an experience I lived two years ago. Mm. So it was just... I guess we're coming up on three years now. Yeah, three... Oh, it was about three years ago now. Right? 21... 2021 we're about to go to 2024 yeah um yeah there's nothing new so for me the yeah again the best thing was pete davidson's character because that was <laughs> the only thing that was new and unfamiliar i don't know if you googled anything about the movie afterwards or before both his brother and his sister spoiler alert his sister dies of covid but they don't it's very confusing gil in real life his sister and brother die of covid but and pete davidson plays his shithead brother basically <laughs> 11 fucking million dollars. What are you gonna do? Get a Ferrari? What the fuck? Oh, language. The baby's here. And then there is a Sarah talked about for the first 20 minutes, and you learn that Sarah was Gil's sister who died of COVID. But looking it up, both he lost both a brother and a sister. Um, I didn't realize he lost a brother as well. I thought yeah, it was just well, a that's, sister. That's what I read online. I thought that was interesting. I think it's always interesting when they kind of they're like, well, let's let's make the brother person because we need a role for Pete Davidson to add comic relief. But going back to GameStop. So what from your side of the world? Was it a big deal or no? No, I don't think it was. It was huge over here. But maybe it was I was in a bubble. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't think it was that big. It was still on the news. It was still on social media. But I don't think maybe I was out of the bubble in the UK of people that were excited by it and investing in it it must have been well maybe not quite worldwide but it must have gone around the world it can't just have been americans investing in gamestop after it being on reddit and youtube that's right. yeah that's do they have gamestop in the uk no we've got a couple of different gaming stores oh. so yeah that's maybe why it passed us by well passed me by anyway yeah i think Something that they kind of got into in the movie, but part of the popularity and why it started with GameStop is like GameStop was kind of a beloved place you went to as a child when you went to the mm. mall. I think for the buyers, there was, yeah, let's stick it to the big guys. Let's stick it to the Wall Street billionaires like that. But also there was some maybe virtuousness in it and that no this is GameStop we're not gonna let you take them down we're not gonna let you short them to bankruptcy that kind of thing so had it been some like biotech company or something of that sort that was heavily shorted I don't know if it would have gotten the same traction because just like millennials 
it's part of just the culture of like growing up going to GameStop. So I think GameStop had that, but then it translated into other stocks, but they don't really get into the movie. They have like clips of like TikToks, which I didn't love. They did it so much that it was just overkill. They could have done it once yeah. and it would have been fine, but they inserted so many TikToks and memes, but they didn't even get into how this translated into like the Blackberry stock yeah. or AMC and all the other stocks that were impacted by this. I mean, there was a ton. There were people, it, there were smaller stocks too, penny stocks that were impacted by this. And then crypto too, obviously yeah. Dogecoin, but that became a whole Elon thing. It was just a, a whole era of uh, people not really knowing what they're doing and buying stocks and crypto. Did you buy anything else apart from GameStop? Oh yeah. I bought AMC because I think once... GameStop had kind of had its time. There were stocks where if you felt like you missed the boat on GameStop, it's like, oh, well, you can get into AMC for $16 right now. And I think, I don't remember what AMC got up to, but so there were other stocks that people who got to the party late would get into. BlackBerry, AMC being the two I remember most. And then there were some penny stocks. I can't even remember what those, which ones those were. I remember just being on Twitter, seeing all the different stocks that people were buying. And it was just, it was wild. But yeah, Dogecoin, bought some Dogecoin, bought some SafeMoon, which was a joke. <gasps> Not even uh, cared of that one. I think there was a lot of like crypto scams coming up at the time, but it was, mm. I knew they were scams, but at the same time, you can make money off a scam. So it's just. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you get out in time. <laughs> uh, right. But yeah, no, there were a ton of crypto scams that came out as a result of this. I would personally say it was because of a result of this. Well, because there were so many like naive retail buyers. I, I don't want to actually, that's, I say that and that's kind of the theme of the movie. <laughs> you call them what they are. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. people were just throwing their money in, just whatever people were talking about on Twitter. Actually, you know what's funny is now that I'm thinking back to it, I had written a Python script for every time Elon Musk tweeted, not even tweeted about Dogecoin, but just tweeted to buy Dogecoin. And I made really good money off of that, actually. Nice. Because at that point, there was a good solid maybe month, three weeks that anytime Elon Musk tweeted about Dogecoin, it skyrocketed. But Anytime he tweeted as well, it would just jump. The price would jump. It was just insane. So I don't know what he was trying to do there, but yeah, he was really driving the price. What did you think of Seth Rogen's character? How he, he's kind of dull for Seth Rogen. Yeah, it was dull, but maybe because I've not seen a lot of Seth Rogen recently. But yeah, I was uh, pleasantly surprised. I thought he, I thought he was good in a bit more of a serious role. I know it was not super serious, but yeah, I actually enjoyed his character. So I'm coming at it from a different perspective as well for you, for this whole movie. I wasn't part of it, wasn't part of the GameStop fun that you were having. So I was seeing a lot of things for the first time, yeah. learned a lot about what happened, learned about these people. So I maybe given it an extra couple of apples in my review rating because of that. <laughs> enjoyed is a, maybe not quite the right word. I enjoyed seeing all these people both sort of researching the movie, seeing how they were in real life, and then seeing how these people played them was impressive. Like Seth Rogen, uh, Nick Offerman. Uh, yeah. He was cool. I liked his character. But then, yeah, seeing the clips from the, the Congress calls, like it was, yeah, he was just this cold billionaire. But I suppose you have to be like that to become a billionaire. You're just cold. It's just all about making money. No matter what you have to do, you ruin companies, you make millions, billions. And then seeing clips of Paul Dano's character, Keith Gill, online, like, and then seeing Paul Dano playing him, 
that was just so impressive to see how he portrayed this person but still yeah. made me sort of care that was the character in this movie that I enjoyed the most watching him go through this with his family and just making millions out of nothing well he didn't have nothing he had still had $53,000 but to throw right. that all into this into this bet I mean on paper it's one of those scenarios yeah you know how it's gonna work out for him so watching yeah. it you're like laughing at the guy his buddy in the beginning when they're in the bar ordering the beers and stuff you're like haha you don't even know this guy's about to make millions <laughs> but at the same time i think his friend is a little right you're going a little hard here on yeah. game stop man you don't even own a house he's got a ton of short yeah, interest which is artificially pushing the Jesus, price down bro you never bet against wall street wall street gets it wrong all the time look at 08 that was a one-off these kitty. guys they have all the money and the fancy degrees and the political juice in the world and they get it wrong are you out of your fucking mind they got the advantage and they still get it wrong yeah you've got a baby you're renting your house you don't you're not <laughs> What are you doing throwing all of your savings into this stock that's slowly right. going downwards? Yeah, that's crazy. But then is that the, the mind of a financial analyst that he, he was just able to see something wasn't right? But here's the thing, and maybe this is where it annoys me too, and maybe I'm not educated enough on it, and maybe it truly was undervalued. It was the pandemic. People weren't going to GameStop. Was it messed up that these guys are trying to bankrupt GameStop? Yeah, of course it happens, but betting against Wall Street, had it not been for his online popularity, he would have probably lost all of his money. And, yeah. you know, it is it. It's a roll of the dice if you're trying to gain traction. I don't know how many followers he had beforehand, but if we're comparing it back to the big short, Michael Barry. Is it Michael Barry? Oh, Michael Burry. Burry? Burry. Michael Curry. Okay, he was actually a genius, right, who had put together that the housing market was not stable and that all these mortgages were being given out with shit FICO scores. I think this is actually uh, Ryan Gosling's character that kind of explains this, but Michael Burry had put it all together and really was making a good calculated risk. And they kind of had Gil, like they were giving him that story arc, and it for me, to me, I'm like, you, we could have been a little more honest. This was truly a risk. Um, I don't know. But people rallied. It wasn't something that was inevitable, yeah. like the housing market collapsing in you know, 2007, 2008. So I guess I'm comparing it too much to The Big Short, but I loved The Big Short. I felt like it was well done and it wasn't a joke. Although, I mean, I was rooting for the people. I was wondering at what point they were going to get out, if they were going to make money. Yeah. Um, I remember America Ferreira's character at the end. I think she's the only one that's still in the negative. Although she she goes from like one fifty in debt to I think like eight grand in debt or something, and um, yeah. she's still holding too, right? Apparently, yeah, yeah. yeah apparently, uh, she's still she's, holding. Because I know that the the GameStop guy that they did in the movie, he takes out half, doesn't he? So he ends up with one hundred and eighty or one hundred and sixty thousand. Uh, yeah, but. Yeah, does does she take some of it out to wipe off some of the debt? Does she ever pay for the braces? Uh, right. I, that was, that's part of the issue with this movie being the things happened not that long ago. Story arcs haven't finished yet. It was too too know. soon, I would say, what for this is, movie. Uh, I wonder what the GameStop price is at now. Let's see. Yeah, let's see what Devin's stocks are worth. Okay. <laughs> uh, we're currently sitting at $17.00. Uh, 27 cents. 
Cool. Which is uh, going from one dollar. Why they were shorting it at a dollar? I mean, I guess, I don't know. I guess there was they, they were planning, I guess, for it to go bankrupt. But they were sh- there. There was hedge funds shorting it at like a dollar, two dollars. It's like, yeah. but I do think it's interesting. They they've done a lot to like regulate this now because the uh, the big thing was that they were shorting more than actually existed. So they're shorting mm-hmm. more stock than actually existed, and that's how this short squeeze, I guess, came out. And I think that's what the Congress hearing was really focused on, too, but they didn't really show that in the movie. They didn't get into how is it possible to short more stock than there are actual stock available. But they uh, they played up AOC's popularity, too. <laughs> <laughs> Her, her, her testimony added no value to the film, but I think they really wanted to just throw her in the film because she's a very, she's almost a character of herself. I like AOC, by the way, but she's become uh, a politician that is, in some ways, not to get controversial, but she's a little bit like Donald Trump, where she is a little bit of a celebrity. Um, we'll get into American politics, but that does help in American right. politics if you're almost essentially a celebrity. Yeah. I would say that she has celebrity-like influence. Well, I don't know if you can say celebrity. She's a politician. You can't say that. But everybody knows who AOC is. There's an online culture around her. So they throw in her, and I think they throw in... There's some remarks, too, about like her being hot or something, too, I think. They're just... Oh, uh, yeah. It just yeah, acted it the sleaze of the billionaires. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was... But... um. I don't know. There were some interesting. One of my favorite parts, though, even though I think Seth Rogen's character, I wanted more, but maybe he's just getting older and he's not playing, like you said. There's a new era of stoner characters <laughs> played by new yeah. actors, but there's that line where I think he's like buying the house next door and he's just trying to turn it into a tennis court the contractor on the phone doesn't understand like what he wants to remodel he's like i just want to build a tennis court next door hello mr plucking i think we'll be able to get you into your new home a little sooner than i actually i think we're having some sort of miscommunication here because i'm not trying to move into that house i'm trying to tear that house down so i can build a tennis court for me and my family to play during the pandemic i I thought it would be very simple apparently it isn't because the pandemic is almost over and there's no tennis court thank you for your time did you know Uh that's true they actually that's actually what that guy was doing. He was buying the next door house to knock it down to make it into a tennis court. And then Vincent D'Onofrio, so the the super billionaire that had the pet pig, that was real as well. He actually had a pet pig. They didn't just make that up for the movie to make him look like a super billionaire and we'll give him a pet pig. That was real. And Seth Rogen's character, the the real guy, was actually buying the house next door to knock it down to make a tennis court. That was real as well. It's crazy. Yeah, that's Seth Ergen, his character was interesting. And so Melvin Capital is new, no more, right? I think they said that in the credits. They closed in yeah. 2022. I'm sure I read somewhere that closed down, but then opened up again as something else. Probably. Like Melvin Investments or something like that. Because when he went totally under with the $2 billion, the friend comes along, the fellow investor, and gives him $3 billion to bail him out. Yeah, there'll always, there'll always be some other friend to, to let you borrow a few billion dollars. I don't know who advised on this film maybe we should have done better research do you know but i i do think that if i had to guess or had to assume i don't buy into how some of these things played out in the film but i believe that that's how those calls of like i need some funding played out or it's just like yep no problem uh you know (laughs) yeah it was easy but 
yeah, I, I don't know. The whole the whole movie was a wash for me. I think it just maybe it was produced too fast. Yeah, well, it was like, the the book came out. I don't even know how long it, the book came out very quickly. That it's based off of. It came out very quickly, and then they somehow turned around a movie very quickly during the sort of tail end of the pandemic as well. Uh, yeah. 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 It's like nothing whole, had a chance to finish, really. Uh, yeah. I don't know. The whole thing felt like a money grab. It really just it didn't feel well yep. thought out. Even there's this one part, because I watched this with my best friend, Alexis, and there's this one part in the movie where the Robin Hood guys are like doing an interview uh, within the first couple minutes or like, you know, a third of the movie with a reporter about Robin Hood. And again, it feels like an SNL skit because he's like, oh, I can give you an exclusive. But off the record, we're planning on IPOing and, you know, it's underwhelming. And I don't think he's that naive. And they just painted him very naively. And I, I don't really I think they could have like painted him as the asshole that they obviously wanted to paint him as. But they didn't have to make his character so just insufferable but um anyways there's this scene after they do that and they're going out to their cars and they it's almost like a music video shot where they're getting into teslas and i i was telling my best friend i was telling alexis like that is so ridiculous that shot yeah she's like but those are teslas and i'm like in silicon valley That's like a Honda Accord. Like everybody drives Teslas. But no, that was my biggest problem with the movie is they made Vlad just seem like a simple-minded, arrogant, mm. childlike CEO. When I don't believe that's true. And in some ways I feel insulted that they, you know, didn't make it more grounded in reality as he probably was a little calculated in his decision that not to play devil's advocate or like, I think he should have been painted worse. It's just, I I think he was a meme of a character and they, they did injustice in that character where it's just like, oh, he's making his green smoothie and he's driving his Tesla and he doesn't know what's going on. And he's in the party that he's throwing at his house when they call and say, we need $3 billion. And like, it's just, I don't know. It felt a little tacky to me, but that and all the memes and all the TikToks in the, like, they, it was almost transitions into scenes. Like they didn't know how to transition yeah. to the next scene. So they're like, let's just, same like we do with this podcast where we throw in a movie pit, <laughs> but we don't know how to segue to the next question it's like they didn't know how to segue to the next scene so they're just like we're gonna throw in four minutes of tiktoks in my opinion because it was made so fast and so poorly done i think they were trying to target a specific audience that they didn't know enough about maybe like the gen z culture or maybe they weren't maybe they were making fun of the gen z culture and the way they were like memifying it so much but it just felt like a money grab it was just made way too fast and it's so disappointing because they did have an all-star cast I mean, yeah. they could have made something really great, really well written. So maybe it's the writer's fault, but I don't know. The story of it, you can completely understand why they wanted to make a movie out of it. But mm-hmm. like you say, I think because they did it so fast, there's not enough content to make a full movie. So you just throw in some filler TikTok videos, you throw in some filler normal characters that made some money out of it. You don't really get much about them. The GameStop guy that was working there you get to see his family for a little bit 
that was that was a good bit for him. But apart mm. from that, you just see him working in GameStop. Uh, the the nurse, yeah, you know, got a little bit of backstory. I don't know. He just, mm. I know, I just didn't feel yeah. like I cared for anybody else. So it was like they were just filler to make it a movie length story when the real main line of the story was, well, I don't know, fifty minutes of content, which would still yeah. be it's still a cool story to tell. But yeah, it just there just wasn't enough there. So it just turned it into a bit of a, almost like a, a dramatized documentary, which I suppose it is. A silly thing to say, but it kind of is that. It definitely gave me documentary vibes. But then with the annoyance of like inaccuracy. Which, mm. Like there were accurate parts. Obviously they, they cut to, like you said, the Congress hearings and it's almost word for word what the characters are saying in the film. But like, I almost feel like they did that to ground the movie in reality because the movie wasn't grounded enough in reality. So they're <laughs> like, for the credit scene, we'll show this exchange with AOC during the Congress hearing when again, like her exchange didn't add much value to the story. It was again, just a celebrity feature, which I wonder if AOC like signed off on that. I wonder if like all the people that were included signed off on it. Again, I think Dave Portnoy like participated a bit in it, but it's never good when a movie's taking you out of the viewing experience and you start thinking about the inner workings of the movie and how it's made. And yeah. I was I was taken out so much where I'm like, did they get Dave Portnoy to do this bit? Did they get <laughs> AOC to sign off on this? Is Vlad really this naive? They're really not going to sell all these different things. It's so disappointing. It's going to have to be probably 10 years before something decent comes out about this. If there really isn't even anything more to say, is there anything more to say? I don't know. Yeah, probably not. So that's it. There's nothing There's more nothing. to say. And what what it, could they do apart from sort of exactly copy what was said already? What yeah. extra can you add without really dramatizing people that already existed? Like I know yeah so it must have been tricky because you've got these billionaires who you're going to portray in a movie as the bad guys but mm -hmm. you can't take their words out of context or anything like that so what they did end up doing was when they did the congress scenes they got the actors to say word for word what the billionaires said i know nick offerman said that his character was trying to sue the movie for defamation uh it was full of inaccuracies and then the, the whoever it would have been, the production legal team just sent them the transcripts and said, well, what we've used in the movie is exactly what you said at Congress. So, yes, we're not lying. Right. <laughs> so what else can you do? So how can you dramatize something when you're painting the billionaires as the bad guys who are just going to sue you, but they can't sue you if that's exactly what you said? So yeah, they were probably a bit stuck. I can't imagine how this was pitched. I'm curious who the target audience was for this film. Mm. Because who could that have possibly been? They're making fun of Gen Z culture where it's like they're overdoing <laughs> like the TikToks. And as someone who participated in this whole thing, I don't think they took it seriously. Yeah. I think I think it just like it just it was rushed. It was rushed and cheap and it's really disappointing because they're could have been a good movie. It could have been. It could have been the Big Short. I don't know. Do you like the Big Short? Have you seen it? Yeah, that's great. It's just so entertaining compared to this. It's, it, you can't not compare the two of them. Like I said to you, after watching Dumb Money, I felt a bit more educated than entertained. It, you watch the Big Short, you get totally absorbed into the movie, and it's it's a movie. Yeah, and that's what you want to watch a movie for to detach from the world for two hours or an hour and a half. 
I had an adrenaline rush after watching Big Short. Like I remember texting people and being like, you have to see the Big Short. And my dad, who worked in mortgage at the time, my brother didn't work in mortgage at the time. My dad was like, that's exactly how it was. So here's the difference, I guess, is I texted my dad, said, watch the Big Short, talked to my dad about it. And he was like, that's exactly how it was. We had this kind of moment where I'm like, wow, tell me more. Like, you know, grandpa, tell me about the war. Like we had that moment where I wanted to learn more about his experience. You know, if I were to show my kids this movie later, if I ever had kids and wanted to show them this movie, I don't know if they would care to ask more questions. Like, it mm. seemed like a joke. The whole thing seemed like a joke where it was a really interesting situation that happened. There was an interesting dynamic and in how it all played out. And it isn't portrayed in that way. It's portrayed as a joke. Yeah. Was- uh, what you said about the big short earlier about the, the whole... Uh, putting all those puzzle pieces together and figuring it all out and the money was oh, yeah, I suppose it's in the title it was mm-hmm. a bit of luck uh, yeah I do love how they tied the title together though that was cool <laughs> I will say yeah. that was a moment where I was like okay somebody titled the movie nicely for people who haven't seen it it's Seth Rogen at one point he's rambling about how oh this is dumb money to make off retail investors knowing that Seth Rogen's the idiot in this moment because you know how it's going to play out and then in the end title you know obviously give you where everybody's at how everyone's doing and then talk about how hedge funds now get on reddit boards and they don't talk about dumb money in the same way they take this more seriously which that's not true I don't believe that's true, (laughs) but it was kind of cool that they tied the title together in this like way that kind of like felt good where, even though I don't know if it's true, it it, it had a good feeling at the end. Yeah. We, we don't, it's nothing's dumb money anymore. Dumb money, man. Happy to take it. No. (laughs) Yeah. How did it feel being part of that? Did you feel like you were dumb money when you were doing it? (laughs) <laughs> making all that money off GameStop. Um, I just wanted to make money. And then I think when Robinhood shut down, I wasn't on Wall Street Bets. So part of the film, they kind of mm. sectioned it out into two bad turning points for the retail buyers in which Wall Street Bets gets shut down and then Robinhood turns off the buying feature. I wasn't a part of the Wall Street Bets getting shut down. I think I might have heard about it because I think I did get curious at one point why it was dropping because it did drop after that significantly. Mm. Um, but I did. I held diamond hands at that point. Um, <laughs> um, but when Robinhood got shut down, because holy shit, I, I just remember that was crazy. That was just so wild. And I remember being excited for the congressional hearing, even though oh. I only watched like bits and pieces of it because they're so boring. It would have been fun if they could somehow explain how boring congressional hearings are because they <laughs> made it seem like they're quick. No, <laughs> God awful. I guess they kind of show it when they when. Uh, Seth Rogen is rehearsing his speech, which that is a good kind of little part where his lawyers are going over his opening speech. And he's like, I went to Northwestern University. And they're like, just say good college. That's elitist. Northwestern is elitist. (laughs) (laughs) And they're going through each line. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then they just cut him off and say, where are you going to do it? Where are you going to do your, where are you going to film it? Uh, Just here. It's what, in front of your massive wine collection. It's not that massive. <laughs> and then in the basement next to a printer. And then they cut, they, they cut an image of the real guy at the end, titles, and he's sat next to a printer doing his congressional 
Eden as well. That's so funny, oh my yeah. God. I mean, this is. I don't have that big collection. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, no, the wine thing was, I think that was like a true, it's hard to get me to laugh at movies, but that actually made me chuckle where it's like, oh, it's it's not that big. Or it's like, it's huge, <laughs> but like compared to his friends, it's probably yeah. not, he's probably like mad it's not bigger, I guess. But it was an okay film. I'll probably never watch it again, unfortunately. Yeah, I just no. didn't like, I didn't like it how, I had an experience, that wasn't my experience. I don't know oh. who this movie was made for. I thought the soundtrack was pretty good. At least the first couple of songs, I was like, okay, like. It gets you pumped up and then, yeah. Do they not just keep playing the same ones? <laughs> I'm sure they're <laughs> the same one, like three Savage. Times. Probably, <laughs> yeah. It'll be the TikTok, the TikTok filler. Now I think about it. That's probably what it was. Yeah, yeah. I just off of that. <laughs> How much money did Meg the Stallion make off of that movie? Because uh, oh. they play Savage so many times in that movie. It's, yeah, can't say I'm a fan it, of that song either. No. no. Anyways. Well, it was fun chatting with you. Hopefully our next movie gets more than five smoothies. Uh they yeah. need this was this was disappointing. But uh takeaway here Don't watch this don't, movie. Don't watch this movie. <laughs> don't watch this movie if you've got work to do because you're not going to be inspired afterwards. <laughs> I watched it and I had work to do late at night. I always leave these kind of movies with a little bit of umph. No, I left with nothing. I went to bed afterwards. It was not. <laughs> it gave me nothing. It gives you nothing. But yeah, again, not a big fan, but that's it, guys. Say bye, Jason. Bye, Jason. <laughs> so you back, I'm a savage. Classy, bougie, ratchet. Sassy, moody, nasty. Hacking, stupid. What was happening? What was happening? I'm a savage.